moment of silence then i would like do the introduction i always do um and then we'll just start it off um i have the talking point set up you have an idea of how you want to respond to them or any of them you don't want to talk about anymore um no i, I like all the talking points so, so okay all right let me just make sure all this is together okay you ready yeah i'm ready Welcome back to another episode of IDU, where I genuinely just don't understand some of the things that happen for Black people, to Black people, with Black people. Today, I'm joined in a very intimate conversation about dating in the Black community by a good friend, the homie Kelsey. Kelsey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm really grateful to be here. You know, 2020 has been such a crazy year for us all. So I'm just happy that we're all able to still be here, still talk about what's happening in our community yeah. and still talk about things that aren't so heavy. Even yeah. though relationships are heavy, they can also be very funny. They can be comedy gold or they could be a horror movie. They could be a lot of things. And I think it all starts with like trying to figure out where you are as a person when it comes to dating. Um, and in the black community specifically, I think some of the things we have to be cautious of are toxic phases, you know, like, um, I think I, I, I genuinely think everyone has one at some point, um, or at least you're more likely to experience it in college. Um, and some people even think toxic phases can be healthy, not like the phase is toxic, but like it can be cathartic, you know, like it's. Some people getting there, come up and so to speak. Some people step into that uh, that ancient phase and they just have fun with it. Um, they just they step into their their inner future and they really enjoy their life. But what what are your thoughts on the toxic phase for people? Um, I definitely think the toxic phase is something that's been glorified. Mm. It is something that is always made fun of. You'll see your average meme daily about being toxic, but you'll never see uh, a meme about healthy talking points or green flags. You'll always see the ones Mm. about red flags. I definitely think toxic relationships happen in our adolescence, regardless if it's in like the college realm or not because i feel like we've been really accustomed to hookup culture i think it's been really forced on us to think that we need to hook up before we get to know someone and that Mm. leads to a lot of the toxicity that we experience as young adults especially as young black people Mm. i also think we leave out a lot of the technicalities of being toxic like what is toxic because some people think being toxic is like ignoring a phone call or um doing something your partner doesn't want you to do but you do it anyway because you're choosing yourself quote unquote but a lot of toxic things can also be mental and Mm -hmm. we don't really discuss about how that can take a toll on your mental especially when um, you don't really know what you're doing because when you are really young, like I'm young, meaning um, teenage years up until like, I would say even what, 25, 26, 27, like I'm 24 right now. And I feel mm-hmm. like my toxic relationship was definitely in college, but it was because I was surrounded by so many that I didn't think the relationship that I was in was toxic until I was out of it. And I was able to really reflect on how it went, even down to like the breakup. It was just Mm. very intense. And I didn't think that in the moment that that was something that I wasn't supposed to be going through because I thought it was normal. Hey, I I definitely feel that. I think um, a lot of the things that we call toxic or problematic we say that because we can identify it yes. you know like it, it stands out it's clear as a sore thumb it's clearly toxic it's blatantly toxic so we focus all of our attention to those things and we even have people try to find ways to justify it it's not toxic it's college it's not toxic she just wasn't listening to him it's not toxic he just wasn't listening to her like you know the whole my friend or person I know isn't a bad guy or that's not a bad thing that they would do. They just aren't with the good person, right? That's not a matchup. 
Um, and toxicity, like you said, it's not always just those, you know, just those red flags. It's also the, the, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like you can be forward and honest with somebody and say, I don't want a relationship. That person now tells you, well, they want you. Um, they're not going to stop trying to get your attention. They're not going to stop trying to figure out who you, you know, are to them. They're just going to try to figure out how they can make you theirs. Right. And entertaining it is the passive toxic energy that you give off. Like I'm guilty of it. I I knew more times than not that uh, either I wasn't going to be picked or that I wasn't going to pick somebody. Um, and the toxicity of that is it's, you know, emotional and mental abuse. It's saying, I'm going to keep you around, even though I don't intend to give you what you want. Um, or I'm going to stick around and wait to see if maybe there's some light at the end of this tunnel. Um, and we all wrestle with that differently. I think, um, we try to, again, it, we say, we like to call it a phase because we like to say, like you said, it's when it's in our adolescence, we can kind of get away with it because we're young, dumb, and trying to do whatever we can to just have some type of fun. Um, but it's really a lot of emotional, mental, honestly, spiritual trauma going on from that. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I also yeah. think we don't, um, as young adults, we don't really think of how long-term the effects mm-hmm. of a toxic relationship could affect us. Like you may mm-hmm. think that it could just stop with this one person, but if you don't recognize what triggered you or what you, or how you responded to a certain type of behavior, it can mm-hmm. just manifest in another person and you'll be going through the same cycle because you haven't taken the time to really sit back and reflect on the relationship itself or on your own actions. Because yeah. a lot of times people point the finger in toxic relationships and they're like, oh, this person was toxic towards me or this person didn't do this or this person made me this way. And it's just like no one can really control you and unless they're physically holding you hostage. So it's just <laughs> like a lot of the toxicity can also be your own mindset and your own standard for what you think a relationship should be. Like I know for me, mm-hmm. It was situationships at first that were toxic, like just people Mm -hmm. that I engaged with that I knew I wasn't dating fully, but we spent so much time together and we alluded that we were dating, but we never had the conversation to actually confirm our boundaries to make sure Mm -hmm. that we were on the same page. And then when I did do that with someone, it became more so of a like a if you went out of those boundaries or if you were to like change your mind about something, or if you just didn't want to be up under them 24 seven, it became a, you don't care about me or like you are Mm -hmm. going back on your word or like, this is not what I thought this relationship would be. And it became more so of like a rather than something that was helping me grow. And I do think that too many people are scared to kind of let go of something they don't know that it's not working for them anymore. So they just kind of stay in shit. And excuse me. They no, stay in stuff. No, no, no. It's, it's fine. Cuss all you want. I'm yeah. I'm a sense away from saying nigga, go ahead. Like it's okay. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, they just stay they just stay in shit. That's that's not necessarily good for them. But they don't want to be deemed as the toxic person. It's really a double-edged sword Mm. being in a toxic relationship or even being in a space where you don't necessarily know what is positive. Because when we talk about our community, we can go all the way back to when we were even brought to the Americas as slaves. Like, Mm. we weren't even allowed to have relationships. Families were, like, purposely torn apart up until what? the early 2000s like (laughs) we don't even have an ending to it so it was just really hard to um, expect yourself to know what is toxic and what isn't Mm -hmm. but ultimately you do know how you feel and that's why I I preach on people really reflecting and giving themselves time and space in between relationships because then you can really take the time to see what you have within yourself that you either like want to take with you into the next one or you want to work on. And that's all about being transparent. Yeah. It's um, 
and it's very difficult to be transparent because you know in the black community I, I really believe this too in the black community we have such a diverse vernacular we have so many different ways of communicating and competing with one another that your friends are less likely to resemble you and your circumstances um in honestly every sense of that phrase you're best friends may not be people who lived, you know, right down the road from you um, all your life. They more than likely are people from another side of the country, maybe another side of the world, or they come from a community or house or ethnicity where the diversity is just so palpable. Um, I believe that because the AUC was the best example for that. Like we've, we're in a whole, I want to say like a mixing pot of blackness that, when you see relationships being communicated, you see the miscommunication um, kind of making itself known. And it's not miscommunication because, you know, one person may speak in a different accent than another. It's, you know, the way you were brought up, the way yes. your, your friends, your family all interacted with one another. They are so diverse because everybody's blackness is different, but it's still very black. So, you know, norms of hyper masculinity, even that you know, splits, uh, splits ends on the, uh, on how it's applied. We've got different types of men arguing about different types of ways to affirm and defend their masculinity. Um, and all of them coming from different walks of life. I'm assuming the same could be true at, uh, Spelman and at Clark. Um, honestly, anywhere where there's just black people and there's a lot of black people, you're going to see, I think that diversity make itself known. And, when we try to yeah, like, oh, good. Yeah, no, definitely for sure. You, I definitely saw that Spellman. I saw it at Morehouse. I saw it at Clark Atlanta. I saw it all throughout the AUC. And not only was it just with um, heterosexual relationships, it was with like queer relationships too. That was oh, yeah. also like a a big thing in our community at school that I feel like a lot of people weren't really comfortable with being queer. So they weren't mm. comfortable with themselves. And that also led to a lot of miscommunications, I think, within our institutions and just within people being themselves. Mm. I think a lot of people um, were, weren't were comfortable because of just the traditions and what they thought they should be. And I also um, feel as if when you go to a certain institution that has such a rich, um, rich, uh, like, tradition and a rich culture that you feel the need to fit into the culture rather than making the culture work for you and I think that was a lot of the disconnect um while we were in school personally I felt like a lot of people weren't able to be themselves or a lot of people got into certain relationships um because it made them look cool yeah no that's they thought that they would be put on because yeah. they were now connected to this person. And that also adds to toxicity because it just shows you that it's really easy to kind of manipulate yourself mm-hmm. and manipulate others into thinking you need to be a certain way just so you can be romantically desired. Because obviously you're not being fulfilled if you're pretending, but that chase of being like desired really was a drug for some people. Yeah. It, um, it satiated whatever feelings of being uh, self-confident or lack thereof that they couldn't get from just looking in the mirror and saying, I love myself, you know? Um, And I think it also, it, it all, it always leads to this. I want to say it leads to survivor's guilt. It always leads to that because when you get into a relationship and it goes bad either for you or for them usually it's you know for both of us but you know somebody always takes the the heavier side of that breakup i honestly think i agree Uh, yeah you get some type of survivor's guilt and i mean some people don't think it's real i i i say it's real um there are some relationships to this day i'm always going to think about i might even think about the ones that never happened, you know, because I was toxic or because I didn't do something. I can think I can think back now to uh, this is a little embarrassing, but the context is just out there. <laughs> like um, there was a young woman I went on a date with. Um, the date was decent. I couldn't tell if she liked me, though. 
Um, yeah, I just couldn't tell she liked me. And there was, you know, after the whole date was over, we texted each other. We were talking about rescheduling to another date. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'll definitely, you know, reschedule a date with you. Let's do it again. I'll be my, my real goofy self with you. Um, never happened. Never, never got to the next date. Never got to that, you know, any of that. And I don't know whatever that, you know, might've done for her. I doubt it did anything. She's, she seems like a very self-confident person, but I took the time to realize like that's that omission of an act might trying to like say, I will do something then failing to do something. And, you know, you never know how someone might feel about you. That is a toxic trait in myself. Um, that I had to reconcile because it was really giving me survivor's guilt, but it wasn't doing anybody any favors. Like it's just better off being more honest, like saying, you know, I, I would like to date you, but I don't think I'm ready to date or, you know, just being honest about that instead of just bullshitting saying, yeah, let's see if it happens, you know? Yeah. Um, and then end up ghosting. That's yeah. A whole topic and a whole that, story. that is, that's actually one of the topics too in survivor's guilt ghosting. Cause I, I genuinely think ghosting happens out of survivor's guilt for some, for others. It's, it's just some, it's just the, the worst way to communicate. It's like, you don't value this person enough to say hi. You just kind of like, you know, you want them to assume you died or something like you just <laughs> leave the whole <laughs> The whole thing alone um but what what's what's your take on that on you know on sur- ghosting ghosting survivor's guilt both however you want to all of it um yeah. my survivor's guilt for relationships usually being a woman and being a black woman and knowing that we're the most disrespected woman in the world mm-hmm. regardless of what anyone says i will i will die on that hey. um <laughs> literally uh my survivor guilt usually comes from me feeling like i could have done more i could have said more like i could have just been way more communicative but then at the end of the day that is just self-deprecating because if the conversation was going to happen it would have and i also always have to remind myself it's a two-way street you can only do so much if someone isn't receptive that's not on you and if someone is overly trying to make their point that's also not on you. It's really up to you to decide whether or not you want to communicate with them. And then that leads me into ghosting. I've never ghosted anyone, but I've been ghosted. Really? Feeling, yeah. And that feeling sucks. I've been ghosted <laughs> only for the person to orbit me, meaning they just stalk me on social media and or come back into my life months later, oh, which is man. also really fucking annoying. I think orbiting is worse than ghosting because ghosting you expect the person to like vanish like poof be gone but the orbiting is like they'll vanish but then a week or two later you'll see them in your views on your ig stories or they'll like a tweet or they'll like your photo but they won't text you back like that literally is so irritating now see ghosting to me ultimately sucks and i think it's really immature and i understand that not everyone is communicative or not everyone can um take the time out to really express themselves but i think a quick like hey i just i just don't think we should talk anymore text is so easy no i um i'm guilty of orbiting i have to admit that um (laughs) (laughs) i have to it's um it, it because i don't know i I when I meet somebody that I do think is dope, but I like I just don't know how to communicate. Or prior prior to my relationship, now let me say that before I also get myself in trouble with miscommunication. But <laughs> but um, disclaimer 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 in a relationship, solid. Um, but yeah, I um, I orbited a you know only a few people only because like in my head I'm like ah this was a dope person, but I don't know why I can't talk to them. So I'm just going to ghost them. Like it's more of an anxiety thing than it is. You know, I don't want to talk to you thing. Doesn't make it feel any better. It's just, that's how it gets to that point. Um, And I end up orbiting because I'm like, "Ah, I want to be friends with this person, but I can't be friends with this person. So I'm just following their page on social media and it just looks bad. I have to admit it though. It, it's not fun. And it also makes it difficult because then you see like, you know, you start to ask yourself your questions of like self-reflection. You're like, oh, maybe I, 
maybe I shouldn't be so insecure about my communication. And then you end up doing the real dick move. You take all the energy you may have given that person to someone else. That's like the nail in the coffin. Like that's the last dick move. It is what it is. Let it go. Um, and I only say it's a dick move because it's not like you couldn't do that for somebody else. You don't owe them that. You don't owe them that. But it comes across as a little like weird because you might also you might generate insecurity in those in that person. They're like, why? Why would for sure. you? Yeah. Like, why not me? Why? This, right. Why that? And that is the biggest thing about ghosting that I feel like is why it's ultimately so disrespectful because. Mm-hmm it just can lead to a long-term effect that you as a person didn't even intend to do to the other person. Like you said, you got anxious or you could have just not vibed with them or they could have said something to rub you the wrong way. You don't owe, no one owes you anything and you don't owe anyone anything. But when, what you do owe someone is at least some type of communication, especially if you were Mm -hmm. in that space. And that's what I'm saying. So many people try to conflate what they feel like a relationship is or what you should do prior to relationships or like how you peak interest into someone and I think ultimately we put too many rules on it the mm-hmm. only rule you should have is respect you yeah. should respect the person enough to ask them out if that's what you want to do you can respect the person enough to decline the invitation if that's what you want to do but like you have to give to give respect to show respect and a lot of the toxicity and a lot of the the orbiting and the ghosting all comes down to like how you see yourself and I think too many of us don't talk about how we kind of use relationships to up ourselves rather than working on the relationship we have with ourselves before we work with anyone else like right now Mm -hmm. I'm single like you're in a committed relationship (laughs) and I'm single and I'm single by choice because I feel like I've never given myself the time to really get to know someone without hooking up with them Mm -hmm. or get to know someone without um feeling like I know about them because I stalk their socials you know or mm-hmm. get to know someone because I genuinely want to get to know them I'm not interested in anything anything else besides them as a person and right. I know that sounds unrealistic but I think that just comes down to just expectations and how I view relationships like right now I think we're oversaturated with like the IG relationships the YouTube relationships the mm-hmm. celebrity relationships I don't think we see any real life relationships that are just organic and not glamorized. I think we're also socialized to really care about love in America. And like, we're constantly like two things we're exposed to love and money. Yeah. But so many people forget that all of that stems from self, like self-worth and Mm -hmm. That's what I'm really working on now that I have the time to be by myself because sooner or later I won't be, I will be in a relationship and then I will not have the time to do self-development because I'm working on the relationship that I am in. So I feel like it's really easier said than done. And I think the only reason why I got to this point though is from past toxic relationships. So it's like a double-edged sword. Like I said earlier, it's like, you don't want to engage in these things because you know, at the end of the day, they're not great, but you do ultimately end up engaging in them because it's part of life. But I think acknowledging them and discussing them and having conversations with not only friends, but people you're in a relationship with to really Mm. see like, what are the lines that are crossed and what are the boundaries that can be installed on your own like on your own end not like a universal Mm -hmm. rule that you can do to make yourself feel better and more fulfilled within a relationship because because even friendships are relationships if we really talk about it like oh yeah any 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 type of interaction or connection outside of yourself is a relationship with another human being and i think that's where it. I think that's where some people lack. And that's where I take back to my point again about respect. That's the number one rule we should push. But for some reason, that is the rule that everyone tries to forget. Yeah. And it's, um, it's not hard. It's just not fun. Um, it's not fun. It's so not fun. Respecting somebody isn't not, it's not that it's not fun because it's not a good thing to do. It's, it's not fun because you have to do it at all times. Like, Taking the higher ground, even if you don't want to call it the higher ground, the morally righteous ground, whatever you want to call it, 
knowing that you want to pay someone respect, even when they might not give you the same back and also doing what's necessary to respect yourself so that whatever disrespect they give to you is not affecting you, your health, your mentality. Those things are difficult. Um, just human nature, one. And two, again, we're socialized to pursue love. We're socialized to pursue it through Instagram. So we're also socialized to expose people who fail those pursuits with us. Um, gossip culture, letting it be known that somebody wasn't shit, saying people, <laughs> I mean, we, we laugh. It's funny. It is, you know, but, you know, I can't go onto my Instagram and try to speak positivity on my Instagram when somebody I used to talk to or be in a relationship with sees that positivity and then it's like you wouldn't even give me that positivity when we were dating so now they're trying to hold me accountable by who i may have been prior to who i'm dating now and now yes. in their narrative i'm a fuck nigga yes. okay you're entitled to those feelings <laughs> you are <laughs> you really are and you have every right to keep those feelings but it doesn't do anything for either of us to have those feelings for anyone to continue those feelings. If again, your social media is supposed to be with people you are, your friends with, you're cool with all that jazz, you know, like, Hey, I can admit that I've been done wrong by this person. I'm not going to say going forward, no one should date that person. Yeah. I, I can admit that that person may have changed in ways that I may not have perceived because I stopped, you know, socializing with them so moving on from hurt is one of those things that's hard to do when you're getting up in years especially when you're like i'm getting tired of the childish antics um but on that topic moving on from hurt how do you do it because for me i've been doing it through hobby you know like um all my friends can tell you now i picked up chess uh, i i love it i played basically every day um, I started going back to the gym, um, because a lot, I realized a lot of my identity was in my insecurity and strength. So, and that happened, honestly, back in high school, I started to feel like I was weak, um, in football and weightlifting started to suffer from that. Stopped weightlifting in college, got back to it after or towards the end of college. Now I'm like having fun with it again. It's helping me really move on from, the hurt that I may have had from my other relationships. Cause you know, survivors go makes you try to save the old ones, but you got to move on from that. But that's just some of the ways I move on from it. How have you been doing it? Um, for a while, I'm not going to lie. I was using that stupid saying to get over someone else. You get under somebody else. <laughs> oh no. But that, Add a that body was for a college. body. Oh that was no. In that, was, that was a year and some change ago. That was <laughs> that was a while ago. That was a while ago. And that's uh, not also, Kelsey now. Got you. Yeah, yeah. We 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 done grown up. Come on. <laughs> that, was also, that was also the childish mindset of like, oh, like I know that I'm capable of, I guess, in a say, like doing whatever I want. I can bag whoever I want. I can mm. interact with whoever I want if that energy is mm -hmm. thrown towards me. So why not take it? And not all energy thrown towards you is good energy. I learned that the hard way too. So mm -hmm. I've been dealing with her through learning lessons. And that's why I'm single now because I'm tired of learning lessons. <laughs> I'm, tired <laughs> I'm tired of school. <laughs> of learning lessons <laughs> to other people that I could have just taught myself. But also, um, I've also been um getting back into my hobbies as well this year i picked up sewing and crocheting again so mm. those are mindless activities that i can spend hours doing without feeling like i'm checking my phone to see who texts me back or checking my my story views to see who viewed my story like little things like that and also just reminding myself that um no one can make me feel good without me making myself feel good so mm. i've only been able to deal with her through trial and error um but for those listeners out there i i suggest um really just taking a step back because when right. i think about the situationships slash relationships i was in they all started because i was trying to distract myself from something else and instead of just mm. taking the l or realizing that I was hurt in the moment, 
I just quickly moved on to the next person. And not necessarily saying I wasn't into that person, but that was unfair to not only that person, but to me, because I didn't give us the proper space to develop something um, organically because it Mm -hmm. felt forced because it was rushed. Right. And that that takes me back to hookup culture. I think with hookup culture, we we feel like we need to rush a lot of steps and we don't give ourselves time to really sit and develop and get to know someone. Because I feel like if Mm. we gave ourselves the time to get to know each other more before we started having sex or hooking up and doing whatever we wanted to do, um, we would realize, oh, I actually don't want to be around this person. Or you realize, oh, I do actually really like this person, so I'm glad I took that step with them. Because I also think a lot of people stay in relationships because um, they're having intercourse, and that's just that. Yeah, that's very true. You feel powerful in some of those uh, instances because the power you gain is sexual energy. It's a very powerful energy. Um and I guess to like expand on that a little bit, because I know someone's going to be like, what the fuck is he talking about? Um, <laughs> we have a variety of energies available to us. I'm not going to go down the list, but there are a lot of them that we have. There's masculine energy, there's feminine energy, there's sexual energy, there's intellectual energy, all types of different ways to define the energy you receive from the things you do. And sexual energy is very powerful. It's very potent because it's the energy that makes you feel certain. If you are good at whatever you do you might take a little bit of pride in that um and the energy you get from that isn't the sense that it's like okay i'm just gonna talk my shit it's like no i feel in control of my life with that um and that's where relationships that are based in sex kind of take a little bit of a turn for the worse because that's where your world starts to feel like you're in control um And I'm only saying this from my perspective. Anybody can disagree, but (laughs) I I will say that um, sex-based relationships make you feel like you're in control when you're having sex. Definitely. And certain people don't even realize they're in sex-based relationships because that's all that they kind of do. Like, we're in an argument, so we have makeup sex. Or, like, we feel good, so we have sex. Or we got drunk together with our friends, so afterwards we went and had sex. Like, when did y'all ever sit down and really talk? When did y'all ever, like, share a meal? Like, when was y'all ever, like, really speaking on things that you wouldn't really want to talk to with anyone else so you share with your significant other? Like, I think Mm -hmm. we we just, like I said, we were just so socialized into like hookup culture and into rushing things that now we're so confused as to why we don't feel fulfilled is because we haven't been doing anything fulfilling. Right. You feel like you were fulfilled with that person. No, your survivor's guilt is rooted in the sex because you felt like that was what you were getting in that transaction, but you weren't fulfilling yourself. Like uh, best way to put it, the relationships where you can talk for hours on the phone, people will say that's toxic. I I disagree. I think being able to say like you're not physically by somebody yet their presence is so comforting just through the sound of their voice, just through the communication alone. That's something else. And it's not like that, what you doing? What are you doing tomorrow type of energy? It's like you're talking. You're actually getting to know this person. Your fulfillment intrigues them and you're being intrigued by what they're trying to fulfill in themselves as you share that information. Um, And then you're also taking it past communication and just like the phone, like you're doing things, you're picking up hobbies together, you're um, trying to learn what it is they like to even do. You know, like this person is not just an object in the corner that you only use when you need to masturbate. Um, they are an actual breathing thing with aspirations and goals, and you want to see them achieve those goals. You want to help them achieve those goals. You don't want to get in the way of whatever they do, and you will stop anybody who tries to get in the way of that. You know, those those moments of those micro doses of fulfillment, I'll say. Definitely. Um, I think we should yeah. we should all take a step back and actually date people we like. <laughs> Yes, because if you date someone you don't like, I promise it is like pulling teeth um, when you try to break up. It's really just uh, it's a bad feeling altogether. But when it comes to 
moving on for you, do you feel like you, well, not for you in general, do you think everyone can move on or do you think only certain people can do it? And if so, how do they become that person? Um, I generally think everyone can move on. And mm. personally, like I said, my moving on was through trial and error. So I only learned it because I learned the hard way and I learned that making connections with people takes a toll on you whether you like to admit it or not I also learned that um it also gives people kind of like a a a pass where they think like just because you have sex with them now they're like they're warranted to have it with you whenever they want or they're like warranted to ask you certain questions and then that's where that communication line comes in because it's like you don't even know me like that but it's like yeah, they think they do because you allow them to have sex with you like that. Like, it's like, it was yeah. really, it's really a thin line. Um, but ultimately, I do feel like everyone can move on. I feel like the best way to move on, though, is to take the time to reflect. And I think the best way to do that is to know yourself and to know your own limits. And the best way to figure that out is to honestly go to therapy. I've been in therapy since I was 13. Yeah. Um that's just because I was diagnosed with an inflammatory bowel disease at a young age. So that already made me feel very Mm -hmm. different than a lot of other teenage girls in my age group. And I felt disconnected as if I couldn't speak to anyone my age. So I needed to find that outlet. And then in college, I had stopped therapy for a little bit. And that's when my life was like the most out of control. Um, And then Mm -hmm. getting back into therapy post-grad has really helped me tremendously. Like, and especially throughout this year of 2020, it's helped me stay um, on board where at least I understand my flow of emotions and I understand how I feel. It may not always be the best feeling, but I'm able to articulate what I'm feeling in the moment and sit in it. So I think the best way to move on from toxic relationships is taking the time to heal. And really taking the time to feel every feeling that you're feeling, whether it's sadness, whether it's jealousy, whether it's hate, whether it's love still, whether it's um, irritations, like annoyance, like whatever you're feeling, really feel that. But also know that Mm -hmm. feelings are temporary and that you'll feel something completely different a year from now, shit, a week from now. You know, it really doesn't matter. Um, how long it takes i think it's just being proactive about actively healing yourself and actively realizing that you cannot control what happened to you but you can acknowledge why Mm -hmm. i definitely feel that and i think that's a lot of people will say well that's easier said than done and I think that is true that it is easier said than done. That's why you have to go do it. Um, Because those steps towards being able to become that person, if they were easy, we would all be healthy. Exactly. Um, Right. We would not be traumatized. We would not be stuck on. They did me wrong. They did this to me. They didn't give me this. I never got that clarity. I never got that closure. Honest to God, some closure will never come. Ever. Um, ever you will sit there up at night hurting no one but yourself thinking about that person who cannot give you the closure you want and honestly if we're being honest should not be the one to give you that closure um because they're the ones that left you with the open wound anyway to begin with exactly exactly it just it wouldn't bode well for anybody especially when the only thing you can say you got out of the relationship might have been a good couple of fucks, a good couple of nuts. I, I'm so serious. Like, uh, personal, personal relationship. I was so upset my freshman year with the girl I never dated because I thought I was dating. Yeah. Um, we, I thought I was doing everything right to get this girl because my very, very, very toxic masculinity of that, uh, that whole, I'm a good guy, so I should get good things. It was very much so in the back of my head uh, freshman year. Um, tried everything I could to just get this woman to just like me. Then when I realized she wasn't going to like me, I tried to move on. And as soon as I started moving on, I think it caught her attention. She started to try again. But then when she saw I had somebody else, toxicity spewed. 
it wasn't a good look. It wasn't a good vibe for either of us. And all I could have thought about for the next two, three years was just like, why did she say that? Why did she do that? Why did she think calling my mom to tell her about her son would be appropriate? Like I'm literally Whoa. torturing myself about, oh yeah, boundaries were broken. <laughs> but <laughs> it's um, it was one of those whole moments in life where I'm like, I have to be honest about who I am and what it is that I have to do and what it is I wasn't doing to make myself feel certain because I wasn't certain in whatever that was. I was just trying to do something that I thought would make me feel certain. And, you know, I'm never going to get any type of closure from that. There's no closure with her going forward. I don't think I want it. Um, but I have to be honest about not wanting it. And um, that actually brings me to the next talking point. It's um, it's a good one. It's knowing when you're the villain or when you're being taken advantage Ooh. of. Someone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. So I already know if any of my uh, uh, exes, I don't like saying exes if I loved them because it's like saying they're out of my life. They're yeah. not. Um, but some, anyone I used to talk to, anyone I took seriously, or if I messed around with them like we were serious is listening. Uh, this might be exactly the type of stuff they wanted to hear when we were talking. So, but um, I, I think it's um, it's something I had to realize uh, that I did, and at times also that was happening to me. Some of those relationships, but um, for you, um, ladies first, if, unless that's no. sexist. <laughs> when, when do you think you were? Um, did when were you ever aware that you were the villain? If you ever were the villain. Uh, i'm only geeked at the situation because i didn't think i was a villain for the longest time but recent Mm -hmm. um healing and thoughts have made me realize i i participated in villain-like behavior i wouldn't necessarily call myself the overall villain because it was more so me reacting to someone else's behavior but that's not cool like you should never do mm-hmm. something just because it was done to you. So, um, for right. instance, my junior year going into senior year, um, I was in a situation with this boy and there was no boundary set at all. And we ended up being in this really intense situation that was a summer fling on top of that. So just something really intense and super like out of the ordinary and it was like the first person I have ever like really truly I guess liked in a sense like someone Mm. who I really liked where it was like I want to be with them I don't care what they do to me I want to be with them and I had never really felt that way before about anyone I was 21 you know young and dumb but Mm. also just like excited (laughs) to feel those feelings and I was ignoring all red flags all of the like I don't want to date right now but I still want to be around you and all of that until I was fed up because I found out that they had slept with somebody else and that literally Mm. put me in a space of like fuck them you know fuck it fuck this like I don't care about them I'm just going to move on back to my horrible decisions of getting under someone else to get over somebody else and (laughs) i ended up um dating someone that was adjacent to them like they were friends um i didn't know they were that close of friends but they were friends uh later down the line and the two of them the two males in the situation had a conversation about me prior to my knowledge and the one that I was um previously talking to told him like yeah bro like do your thing like whatever you know how male egos are when they're bruised so he went along with it (laughs) and he he um he moved accordingly he moved how he wanted to move and he courted me and like we we talked for like two months and then we eventually started dating in like month three of our whole courting system and like that is when shit went left like the previous person like just like kept trying to contact me kept trying to have conversations with me was really just now violating my relationship because it was like you didn't care you you told the you told both him and I that you didn't care that it was cool that it didn't bother you but as soon as it as if it was like real I guess in his mind that's when you want to start reacting in this way and it ended up causing a lot of problems within the relationship that I was in because it caused insecurity it caused insecurity for my boyfriend at the time because he 
I don't think he would admit it. And if he ever listened to this, he would probably be like, fuck that bitch, because we ended on really horrible times. <laughs> but um, it did cause insecurity in both him and I because it made us paranoid. It made us paranoid about our, our relationship and it made us kind of, I think, unintentionally second guess what we were doing. And that's where I would say I was doing villain-like um, behavior because I was previously scorned. So in return, I moved on when I wasn't fully healed. And then it led to a more dramatic situation because now I was kind of in this weird ass triangle, not necessarily that I wanted to be with the other person, but I still had an emotional attachment to them, which led to me still being emotionally vulnerable and open to conversations or to criticisms. And Mm. in return, I hurt someone else because they weren't able to communicate with me that they felt like I wasn't fully, you know, like in our relationship because I still gave this person a chance to talk to me. I gave this person the time of day when I was only giving this person the time of day because of one uncomfortability and two proximity because we were all in the same friend group, you know? So it Mm. was more so like, I wasn't necessarily the villain, but I was I was playing with fire. I was playing with mm. fire. I was definitely playing with fire. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, trust me, I get it. Yeah, it's one. It's um, one of. It's still. It's still something that bothers me to this day. Like I still think about that situation and think about how I could have handled it. But at the end of the day, everything happens for a reason, and it all worked out because. I don't talk to either of those people anymore and I wouldn't want to be without those people anymore. But also it just made me realize that you really truly um, don't date friends, obviously. And <laughs> yeah, no, you, you, just you just don't, don't do, do it. it. You just don't cross the line no matter what the situation is, no matter who has a conversation with who, because it always ends up being mess. And to um, really make sure that you're over someone before you start a romantic um, situation with somebody else very true um i i think all the points you touched on are valid um the problem that comes with dating nowadays and it would i'll say in within our community because it's not unique in terms of it only happens to black people it's the way it happens with black yes. people that i think is yes. different because yeah like they date each other's freaking parents <laughs> And like shit, oh man! When it comes to our community, I think, I think it's more so because we we're so used to not being in relationships. Like we're so used to the whole BMBD situation, so we're so used to like we're together, we have a bond, or like we're so used to people being girlfriends for 10 years. Like, you know, it's just like the standard for what we feel like a relationship is, I feel like it's very different in our community. Because even in the Spanish community, like their couples are usually meet in like middle school and are together their whole rest of their lives. Like I'm exaggerating, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's this weird Mm -hmm. disconnect of, I feel like between the black man and the black woman, or even when we date outside of our race. Sometimes it always comes back to race. And why is that? Yeah. I I mean, obvious one is because race matters. Um, It's why I try to tell people all the time. I've gotten into plenty of arguments on the internet. I hate that, but I will never back down (laughs) from it. Race identity matters. Um, It's it's those types of things that come back to to villainy for Black people. there are moments where we take advantage of our blackness to say, you know, I can have sex with whoever, whenever I want, uh, you know, when you're preying on a community. Um, and then there's moments where we hypersexualize that predatory aspect of us and use it to belittle other relationships that we were in, we have in the past where, you know, we use it to maybe climb a social ladder here and use that to say, well, I've escaped whatever issues of color I may have had because I'm now isolated in this space with other people of a better social you know social construct or something like that just those bullshit reasons to use the blackness to get away from black people that we use because again we try to avoid our race identity um but that's going a little outside of my scope yeah, that's a whole another, nother topic but yeah uh, I, even the yeah i did yeah no. topic but that just comes back <laughs> to often what we're talking about just like why in our community yeah. our relationships such a taboo 
Like, why aren't they it... spoke on more in the sense where we can um, we can see examples can and trust, trust each, each other, other, but also why they spoke it in the sense yeah. of like less than. Even when we watched that whole, or not we, but like even when Twitter, Black Twitter, that's who I was referencing when I said we was going off about the whole Black love segment that they had on OWN and then the colorism within mm-hmm. that. It's just like there's just something deeper that we all like internally know, but I don't think we can like ultimately articulate it out loud. Right. And again, that it's just something we got to get to on another one, but it's really an issue of interrogation that comes down to how black people socialize with one another on these types of topics. Um, but bringing it back <laughs> we down to when we were the villain or felt like we were the villain or being taken advantage of. Um, I will say for me, I think I was the villain more often than not in relationships by being the passive um, partner. And people don't want to admit that because the passive partner always sounds like the good guy. It's not that he's not a good person. It's that he's passive. Um, So for me, it was, you know, trying to stay in a relationship that wasn't a relationship telling people, you know, I don't want to do this. I'm really not trying to date right now. Um, And still entertaining them when they're like, Oh, but I I definitely want to be with you. I don't really want to be with anybody else. You know, one of those hard pull moments where you like, you just got to go cold Turkey because you can be honest with them and say, Hey, I get it, but this is abusive. I'm not going to do this anymore. And just leave it at that. Um, I, I did that. I did that. It did not go well. And then I reneged on that because I was like, I feel bad that it did not go well. Um, even though I know I should have left it at as I left it the first time, which is like, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> uh, another moment. Another moment. I, it was um, freshman year. I came into uh, I came to Morehouse in a relationship. Um, and it was uh, it was it wasn't a good one. Not because the relationship, you know, didn't have the potential. It's because we were in two different headspaces. Um, this young woman is having health issues. I mean, she's having severe health issues. She's in the hospital, for God's sake. Um, and my mind is just thinking about the past four years of high school where I did not. I didn't know how I felt about dating yeah. anymore. Um, I felt, I felt a little bit trapped and that's not to like, excuse it. It's just to like, that was just what it felt like. And this is where the, yeah, it's where the villainy was. I was like, I don't know what to do because now my passiveness is going to affirm a relationship that I don't think I want anymore, but, um, oh, I'm sorry, not my passiveness, but being actively in the active in this relationship will affirm a relationship I do not want anymore. Um, and being passive is just hurting the person on the other side. Um, and it, it was, it's a very, it was a very tough moment where I just didn't know what to think of myself. Um, I had to just own up to it later on down the road. I'm like, that was, that was shitty of you, Ryan. That wasn't okay of you. That wasn't, you know, that just wasn't a good thing to do. There were other options, but I didn't want to think about them because all I could think about was, getting away from home um yeah and so it just turned me into a villain i have to admit that uh we've reconciled me and her reconciled i'm surprised at the friendship we have i still have love for her but you know it was the circumstances of our relationship that made it difficult and i I have to admit that i was the bad guy in that one i was 100 the bad guy in that one um relationships where i was taken advantage of that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. That's why I didn't answer that part because I don't feel like yeah. I was ever taken yeah. advantage of because everything that I I've ever been in within situationships, I was actively a participant. Like I would never say someone right. was playing me for a fool. I would I would admit that people had omitted things that I eventually found out, so I never felt played. I just more so felt hurt, and it all came down to me not understanding why someone would do that to me 
if I spent all this time with them. But just because you, I spent so much time with person with this person per se, does not mean we were in a relationship. It does not mean that we even discuss our relationship. It doesn't even mean that we even set boundaries mm. towards our relationship. So it's just like a lot of steps that were like overlooked and stepped over that eventually were brought back up only because of hurt feelings. Yeah. And I'm, it's, it's one of those questions of how much of an, how much of a, an active, how much of an active participant weren't you for you to be able to say you were taken advantage of because we all, at some point we intervene yes. in our own situations. We can be our own intervening actor um, my law school friends know exactly what I mean by that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we, we intervene in our situations more often than not. And it's those moments where we intervene where you have to not ask yourself the question, am I just as guilty for the pain I'm allowing? Um, Which most of the times we ultimately are. We just don't want to admit it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's dangerous because moments where you're like, this person likes me, but I don't like them. Okay, so I'm just going to back out of the relationship. Yeah, or I'm just going to Those entertain are... it until I don't want to anymore. And now I just completely played with somebody's emotions. <laughs> right, right. <Really>? Villainous. <laughs> um, then going back to if you're the one that's being taken advantage of, um, putting your heart out there even though you know it's not yeah. wanted. Um, I have been in situations uh, where I've been taken advantage of in a friendship, though like someone has introduced hey, themselves as a friend to eventually express their um, interest in me where I felt completely taken advantage of because it was like I was opening up to you on a friendship level because I thought we were friends. Now you think you know me cool. in that way. Now you want to be with me when I totally don't even want you that way. Hey, um, it can it can happen like that and we just sometimes have to be cautious of it because sometimes we have good friends that mean well we have friends that they mean well sure but they also mean to get past friendship um you just never never know know. and you just have to be honest about your feelings with them going forward um and this is i guess this is kind of like my my last point on the whole you know being taken advantage part it's really just a matter of um what are the signs for either scenario and I think for that scenario specifically I think the signs are when the person doesn't entertain the first attempt and is being very honest that's the safest thing you can do the first try doesn't go right all right I should leave it alone but when you don't when you don't accept that sign and it's just like "Mm, but I'm I'm me you know I'm like if I sit there and say I'm Ryan why wouldn't she like me oh she's just playing hard to get right not that I'm, yeah, not that I've done that, but like, <laughs> um, you know, that kind of thought process. Like, if I just try a little bit harder, my God will reward me for a relationship with this person because we're meant to be kind of thing. That whole desperation for it. And it's just, it's its own toxicity. And with Black communities, I think it's very, it's very self defeating because we don't realize how much of our egos we're killing when we don't have to experience an ego death at that time, because now you're talking about someone messing with your feelings, your whole identity of who you are um, for whatever leisure they have. And then you trying to justify it by saying, Oh, you know, she'll come around. Oh, you know, he'll come around. Oh, you know, they'll, they'll be available. If I just, you know, stick by and they won't, if they wanted you, they they take you. And if they just wait till the end to get you, it's because you were the safer option. It's not the one they want. It's just the one that makes them feel better about dying alone because they won't. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's the truth that no one wants to hear, but it's very, very valid. People fear dying alone. So sometimes they just take the option. And they that settle. Saves them and from that's it. what I mean. And, but you only yeah. know you're settling or sometimes you don't know you're settling because you haven't taken the time to really know you and to know like what you feel like you deserve. Or what you feel like you offer. Because a lot of people actually lowball themselves and they'll settle for someone who meets checkpoints. But then as you evolve and grow, because that's what you should do in a relationship, you should only evolve and grow, you realize, oh, I can't really grow with this person. They're kind of stuck at where I found them or where I was introduced to them. And that's why I think that 
we really need to put a deaf to hookup culture. These are my closing statements because I'm going to come back to my beginning point. Deaf to hookup culture. I am a victim of hookup culture because <laughs> I say so. But deaf to hookup culture because it literally has led us to think that we shouldn't we shouldn't feel feels or we shouldn't feel hurt or we shouldn't feel away when our boundaries are crossed. But it also has led us to not speak on boundaries until they're crossed. And that's where we all fuck up. We definitely do. Well, it I have to just say that's that's a great strong point to bring back to. Uh and I really do appreciate you, Kelsey. This has been a great talk. Um, I've really got to do another one with you because the, I I'm just I wanna say more, but I know, it's been a whole sure. hour. Part <laughs> minutes. Two of relationships and yeah. really part two. Definitely, definitely. Well, to anyone listening, to all of my viewers, listeners, whatever you might be to this podcast, I thank you for tuning in. I thank you for any interest you may have had in the topic. And again, there are a lot of things that we wrestle with that we just don't understand about love in general. It's okay. Don't be afraid to challenge those things. Don't be afraid to interrogate those things. And my, I guess my uh, ending point for anyone listening, forgive yourself, forgive them, love yourself, and move forward. With that, thank you all for listening. Yes. Thank you, Kelsey. I'll talk to you guys next time. Love yourself, (laughs) y'all.